coming up on this episode of the Unusable Podcast. Working from home. Andrew gets ignored by a chatbot. A rigmarole. <laughs> Welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us, and we talk about great design that just works, or moan about it when it doesn't. Hello, Andy. Hi, David. Hiya. So, first podcast where we're not sat next to each other. We've been forced apart by a pesky virus. So, yeah, we are both working from home, as a lot of people are. So, right now, it's it, we're on like lockdown, which mm. uh, you might be listening to this a long time in the in the future. We're probably not going to talk about anything that's like too related to the lockdown, but we are going to be talking about working from home which a lot of people do anyway and a lot of people will do in the future i think it will become more commonplace after this yeah you reckon probably i think it was always kind of a like a perk wasn't it like companies would say oh yeah you can work from home as if that's like a a really cool really good thing to do as a benefit a lot of uh, trendy companies have been moving remote for a while in order to get the best staff yeah because you can get the best staff from like the whole world can't you if you wanted to we didn't do our little intros by the way oh right yes okay so we need to do the intro so i'm david ball i'm a front-end web and app developer i'm andrew Waite, and i'm the product owner of a SaaS product okay good good technically not not my job title but that's fine we'll go with it i mean it's good even though you've not got your notes in front of you it is usually um good that you know who you are which is I mean, that is a bonus. I don't know. I never know how to present myself. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. What are you drinking? What are you drinking, David? Because the the side benefit of us being at home is that we can have a, a little tipple while we while we podcast. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever listen to the podcast, the Drunken UX podcast? They always talk about what they're drinking. Yeah, I do yeah. Right, and it's always some sort of like fancy whiskey, like Lagavulin sixteen. Do, do you mean? Do you mean like this, David? Oh, what you got? I have got a bottle of Lagavulin sixteen. This is my favorite whiskey. Oh my god. <laughs> I am that I am that trendy hipster. <laughs> uh, you know what I've got? Go on. Oh, I'm out of beer and I'm not allowed to go to the, the shop apparently to buy some more. So I'm just drinking what we've got in. And so I've got some Jack Daniels. So I'm having some Jack Daniels with um with ginger beer, which I think is a nice little sweet, sweet treat. Nice. Sorry if it's not as posh as yours. I'm going to make some noise on the microphone. Bear with me while I just pour myself a glass of Lagavulin 16. All right, fine, fine. It is the best whiskey. This is not a whiskey podcast. If you want to do a if you want to do a whiskey podcast, uh, you might have to get someone who likes whiskey just a little bit more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> the undistillable podcast. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. Not coming soon to a podcast channel near you. <laughs> right. Whiskey in hand. Right. What are we talking about? I can't even remember what. How is it working from home for you? How are you finding it? So I think it's a mixed bag. Yeah. I very much enjoy the peace to be able to get on with tasks. So I'm not being disturbed by people coming up to my desk at any moment of the day. I can I can be my own master a little bit more. Yeah, that's not to do with having authority over my day. Okay. It's having it's more having not having you know other staff members, whether those be you know colleagues or members of my team, coming up to me every five minutes. That you know forces people, other people, to think for themselves a little bit more before they reach out to you okay so is that a good thing or a bad thing though because you might end up with people like not really knowing what to do for for hours on end and and you could help them well that's why i say it's a mixed it's a mixed bag yeah because the the other side to that coin is yes i'm getting more done but i'm missing out on the collaboration a little bit yeah okay things like having a bit of a brainstorm is a little bit harder you can still do it but we have a we have zoom meetings and get a kind of digital whiteboard and do some sketching and it and it's you know it's good okay that's quite good you've probably done a bit more than 
than I have then. So what we do is every morning we'll have a team stand-up meeting. Well, we call it stand-up, although these days we're all sat at home on computer chairs or whatever. There's nothing to stop you standing up. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Just feels a bit weird at home. So we just talk about what needs to be done and we all kind of talk about the tasks. And so by the end of the day, what we're going to have achieved. And that's what we do. But we've always done that in the office anyway. I just feel it's, it's very different now that we're not in the office because I can't be distracted, which is actually great but also it's not that great because sometimes some of the best conversations come from when you're distracted when I might have accidentally distracted someone else or they might have distracted me I, I'm missing a bit of like the general chit chat you know yeah just a bit of bit of banter I'm missing that because right now if I have to talk to someone I have to deliberately ring them up and I'm not going to deliberately ring someone up to waffle you know just just some random nonsense waffle just to have a little moan exactly just a little moan you know, it's aggravating you're not, you're not going to because yeah. I think programmers love to have a little moan don't they you know mm-hmm. right? if you're working on something just oh it's not as easy as I thought ah that sort of thing and it's kind of cathartic I think if you're in the same room with someone else you know it's, I think I find it quite nice to know that someone else is finding a task difficult yeah uh, okay yeah and like yeah. we can both overcome overcome that together yeah yeah I'm, I miss uh, the organisation I work for we have two products and they are quite similar in some ways they're very different in others but they share a lot of technology and I, I've noticed that there's less collaboration between the two teams you know a lot a lot of what used to happen around i know this sounds really american and i apologize but you know kind of water cooler moments where you would just be talking about some problem and someone would say well we've solved that on our product in this way or you know use this library that we've already created so those kind of yeah okay yeah yeah, helpful little moments where you would talk to someone in another team that cross pollination with another team isn't there and I can see us diverging more than we have in the past as well. Yeah. In uh, in the office that I work in, there's there's designers and there's developers and there's people there who I, I will talk to every day, but I don't actually have any projects in common. And so I'm, right now, I'm finding I'm not speaking to those people at all. And I miss it. Mm-hmm. I miss having people to talk to, of, you know, who, who aren't directly in the team that I'm that I'm in, you know, that I'm not directly working with. So I'm, I ended up like finding just little things to, to actually talk to people people about well, that's a good idea i think that's something that people are recommending that you try and set specific time aside to, to contact people even if you don't need to just to have you know just spend half an hour a day having a chat with with people yeah. when i first moved to work from home i did a course that linkedin put put up which is a series of videos about about working from home effectively right. the guy's a bit a bit cheesy well, it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, I'm a, from San Francisco and I have the ideal life kind of guy. Oh, right. Okay. You know, telling you about his perfect life. But one of the things that he talks about, because this, this course was clearly made before the current situation. It's just a general work from home. And he talks a lot about structuring your day and working in different ways. So you still get that, the benefit of that kind of collaboration thing. So he would start off his day and he would have a coffee and he would plan his day. And then he would spend the morning working at home on some tasks. Then he'd go out for the afternoon to a coffee shop and he'd get that social um aspect just from being in a coffee shop and working from there and that's what he was suggesting but obviously we can't do that because in the current situation we can't go to a coffee shop yeah working in a coffee shop is 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 not allowed even still though if you go to a coffee shop do you really get the same sort of um social interaction that you do with actual people that you know no are you gonna go up to just some random person and go hi please chat to me i've not spoken to anyone all day tell me about your life 
here's what I did this morning. Especially not in a coffee shop with everyone on their laptops, everyone engrossed in their laptops working. I know, everyone else is going to be like, I'm doing some work, dude, just calm down. They're the last people you'll interrupt. Yeah, yeah. Well, just just talk to the waiter or waitress or whatever and just go and just start telling them about your life just just for some kind of, you know, social human interaction. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I think... One of the key things that we're doing is we, we do a Friday evening beer session. Okay. So everyone in the company jumps on Zoom. I've never seen so many webcams in at one time. You know, you know, like well, we're on the movies when you see the, the big screen of CCTV cameras. On the movies. In, in movies. Oh, is it like in Back to the Future 2 where they're watching TV, but they've got like, what is it? Like nine TV screens at once or something, something like that. Maybe even more. They're watching all the, all the channels at one time. Is it like that? It's basically, yeah. It's, it's like, like we have like 20 people or whatever and they're just on the same screen share at the same time and you've got a you know your screen's divided into 20 it's like a 20 way multiplayer screen nice and uh you've just got everyone everyone has their little square okay that's good yeah but i think that's really important getting that that human contact like like us now right we 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 you know this is this is our replacement for sitting opposite each other in the office yeah and the advantage to this is that you know i don't have to put up with your smell and i can go when i want <laughs> <laughs> and you can drink alcohol at the same time. Yeah. So, Andrew, do you use any software to like help you working from home, like management sort of software, like Jira? Anything like Jira? So, yeah, yes, we we do use Jira, but we always did use Jira. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so nothing's really changed there. The only thing that's changed that the need to be really on top of the tasks because someone can't just come and you know tap on your shoulder and say, "What did you mean by this?" You've got to be really super clear, haven't you? Yeah, we've been having a lot of like conversations. We use Skype for for chatting, and so we have to use direct you know I have to call someone and ask what does this mean because what's written on this task might not make any sense and um, it's confusing so so that's the sort of thing that I feel I feel kind of bad about that sometimes because you know how disruptive a phone call is well it's not really a phone call but a Skype call any kind of direct call could really interrupt someone's train of thought or whatever and so I'm trying to limit the amount that I'm doing that but I know that that is the only way that I can get clear concise information you know to talk something through because if you just look at a comment on a Jira task which might be ambiguous I might get it wrong. Yeah, I, I saw this the other day on Twitter where someone said, you know, if if you've suddenly gone working from home and you've you've replaced that physical contact just with Zoom meetings, you're doing working from home wrong because <laughs> it should be about moving to asynchronous communication more. So, you know, having things written down, it creates a great paper trail and all that kind of stuff. That's what you should be aiming for. I, now, I, I appreciate in, in practice that's difficult. What do you mean by asynchronous? So asynchronous communication is something people talk about a lot in remote and what that means is so so what we're doing now we're talking to each other this is synchronous communication right i say something to you i ask you a question Syn- this is synchronous synchronous is as in like uh, you know we're talking to each other i can talk to you you can talk to yeah me. i say something you respond yeah and if there was a delay there yeah. you'd feel a bit miffed if i suddenly went quiet after you asked me a question but asynchronous communication means that you don't expect an instant response right so you might write someone a message in chat but the whole thing with asynchronous communication is there's no expectation on the sender that the that the person you're contacting is going to reply straight away. Oh, right. And there's no expectation on the you know there's no guilt felt by the person that received that message that they must respond to it straight away if they're busy. That's that's asynchronous. And a lot of what I've read says that that is crucial for successful working from home. Getting asynchronous communication. I'm not sure I like it. It doesn't stop you from jumping on a call with someone. I think this is a misunderstanding with asynchronous communication is that, you know, it doesn't stop you instantly replying if that's appropriate. It doesn't stop you from going, oh yeah, let's jump on a call then. But it just, just the removal of that expectation that someone's going to drop whatever they're doing. 
Yeah, okay. I suppose it's about the expectation, isn't it? You know, because I've had it both ways. I've had it where I've messaged someone and I've been annoyed that they haven't responded instantly. Yeah. And that's wrong of me to do that because for all I know, they're in the middle of something. You know, it's, it, I don't know. And on the flip side, I've been messaged people who've... Th- that's made me feel guilty and like I need to respond straight away, even though I'm in the middle of something. And I need to teach myself not to feel that guilt. Yeah. I feel like uh, TV and the internet has really reduced my attention span. So that, uh, so I really don't like having to wait for any sort of, any sort of feedback, though. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. I have a massive problem with concentration, actually. That's, that's, to be honest, that's the biggest challenge I personally feel in work in general, but I think it's been exacerbated working from home. What do you mean? What? Is it, is attention span. So if, if something pings up and I've, I've constantly all day got, we've got company slack and there's always something going on in either a public channel or in a private message to me. I've got my emails open. I've got, you know, things like status alerts about our platform. There's so much stuff going on and I find myself very easily, you know, something will pop up and I'll suddenly start dealing with that when I was in the middle of something. And before I know it, I'm, you know, six things deep into a chain of half-finished tasks. And I really struggle with disciplining myself to ignore a notification until I've completed what I'm doing. (laughs) That's something I personally really struggle with. Yeah. And I think just working from remote has exacerbated that a little bit. It was already a problem I had, but it's exacerbated it because, you know, I feel like I'm getting even more messages now and even more emails and... Is it because, is it the amount of channels that you have? Like, because, because for me, I've got, um, Slack mm-hmm. messages and I've got also, uh, email. But to be honest, ever since we started with Slack, I've pretty much demoted in my, in my mind the email. And so I'll check that maybe every few hours, possibly. I mean, pretty much actually yeah. only twice a day, to be honest, at the start and at the end of the day. But I will immediately look at a Slack message. Well, although not immediately, I suppose, if I'm currently in a thought, if I'm currently typing something, if I'm currently working on something and a Slack message pops so I will finish my thoughts. I'll, f- I'll finish writing something down and then I'll look at Slack and then see what someone's asking me or whatever. Yeah, I think that's sensible. But if we had, um, like, I don't have as many Slack channels as you. You've got quite a busy, chatty office. We've got a smaller number of people and we don't really chat all that much, you know, not like in a general type of, of, of chat. So we've got one chat, which is the whole company, which is used for, I don't know, announcements. And then every other thing is a direct one-on-one. And I'll talk to a fair few people in the day but we don't have the the group chats which i know sometimes can get a bit silly when people get chatting in the group so there's a there's a train of thought that says that's a bad thing to do especially working remote because private chats uh if you were to suddenly disappear it means that that private thread for example isn't accessible by other people oh, right. i have read articles that say that it's best to keep things public where possible so yeah other people can pick up and yeah but that public will mean that you're telling things to people who don't need to know about it that doesn't mean that you that doesn't mean everyone has to be subscribed to it that doesn't mean that everyone else has to be in that channel and subscribed but it means that if you were to say get run over by a bus tomorrow other people could you know you get run over by a bus you know i mean you're not going out are you (laughs) if you get run over by a bus tomorrow no buses running right now (laughs) (laughs) if you were to get run over by a bus tomorrow though it means that someone else could go into that channel and see what you were talking about oh right i see that's not to say that they had to be subscribed to that channel so every time you know it just means that the information that whereas if it's private chat they can't you know if you if you disappear they can't get at it around that topic something that we've been doing recently which i think works quite well it's not perfect but works quite well is is the concept of something called journals so everyone has their own public channel 
with their name, Colour Journal. Okay. And what they do is they write through the day what they're working on, any blocking problems that they have, any sort of interesting ideas that they have. Even though it's visible to everyone, there's an informal rule that says no one else should write in anyone else's channel. This journal's about work, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like about your, I don't know, love life or something (laughs) bizarre. Dear Diary, (laughs) today... <laughs> what would you write about? <laughs> Today I looked out the window. <laughs> I really, really, really fancy the post lady. <laughs> She's always bringing me presents. I think she likes me. <laughs> no. Um, I think you're misunderstanding what the mail is. <laughs> how do you mean? Oh, oh I see. The mail. No, the mail is in the post. Oh, okay. It's in the yeah. It's in the postage. Yeah. Not the, not the mailman who's a mailman. Well, I was going to say, we have a post We have a post lady. Yeah, okay, fine. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so the, the, the journal is just your way of, of writing your own notes, and it's useful mostly for yourself. So it's your own little log of like, oh, I was working on this thing. It's almost like a an informal timesheet. Oh, okay. Basically. Oh, we have formal timesheets, so um, maybe we don't need to do your thing. Maybe. <laughs> We we like log all the time using a, a thing called Tempo on uh, on Jira, which is annoying. But I mean, it's fine because time gets needs to be logged for billing, and so you know, I'm I should be pleased that my time is worth some kind of money. Yeah, but it is a bit of a bit of a ball ache. I've never been a fan of of strict time sheeting, but then I can see why it's necessary in an agency environment. Yeah, but yeah, the the, the whole point of a journal is yeah, you just write in it through the day, and other people can go in and have a look. So I can have a look at my team, and you know, go there's no what it removes is any ambiguity about what people are working on so i'm never particularly anxious about my team's productivity because i can see oh yeah they're working on that big feature that's fine yeah so have you been using i think you mentioned briefly before you're using skype have you been using other screen share we're using skype yeah and so we use that for chatting to people having a morning meeting and and how is it how's that it's fine it's absolutely fine uh sometimes it's a bit laggy and a bit you know the sound cuts out which is it's really difficult if you're if someone's telling you something really important and then it starts going all kind of like the sound goes all blotchy and then i have to either ask them to repeat it which i feel like i can only do a few times before it becomes impolite yeah or I can just go, yes, of course I heard that, and then just carry on and pretend that I heard it and then just maybe blag it, which is probably not the best thing to do when I'm guessing what someone's told me to do. But usually everything's written down anyway. So, yeah, we've tried quite a few different screen Why? share. Why don't you stick to one? It's, it's something that I think is surprisingly difficult to do. I think yeah. there's a, and I think a lot of them are a little bit crappy, but the one that, the one that seems to be most reliable, and I hate to say it because I know it's been embroiled in some privacy issues of late, is, is Zoom. Okay. What's, what are the privacy issues? Ooh, good question. I think there's been stories about people dropping in on other people's chats. That's one thing. Oh, is this because you like invite someone to your Zoom thing using a URL and that URL has a number, like a 10 character number or something like that? And I assume it's a, it, you can guess someone else's if you are... So if you just change the number, you could yeah. end up in someone else's chat. Yeah. So I think someone was doing a meeting and someone just dropped in and started like live streaming porn <laughs> as a webcam. <laughs> I mean, obviously in a meeting that would be very inappropriate, but it is kind of also hilarious. Yeah. But there's also, there's other things as well. There's a link to some data going through China, which 
has privacy concerns. All right. Supposedly. Okay. Um, the other thing which I, I thought was hilarious. So in Zoom, you have a chat where you can chat to the whole meeting. Like a text chat. Yeah. 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 You can also send a direct message to another human, uh, to another human, to another participant in the meeting. Yeah. Usually they are human, I assume. <laughs> I, well, you never know. Uh, the robots are taking over. <laughs> so yeah, you can send a direct private message to people, but the, the, the assumption is that's private. And during the meeting, that is the case. Those messages are private. But after the meeting, a transcript of the whole chat gets shared with all the participants, including the private messages. <gasps> oh, right. Okay. So you might be like chatting to someone else going, oh, this person who's talking is really boring. I really wish he'd shut up. And then that's going to get sent to them at the end. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So the private messages aren't that private. All oh, right. Okay. That's which is, which is bad for usability. That's, that's a real UX problem. You, there is no way that you wouldn't think that that's private. If you were looking at that chat, yeah, we just assume it, don't we? We just assume that it's private. Yeah, if I've just looked, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah. So you click on someone's name, and it says two person's name brackets privately, and privately is <laughs> in orange to really highlight it. Really? Yeah. So it does say privately. Yeah. But it's not private. But well, what a lie. Yeah. Apparently, this is what I read. Uh, I've not actually seen it myself, but an entire transcript of the uh, of the chat, including your private messages, gets shared with everyone afterwards. I saw a funny tweet as well. I think the someone from the government, from the UK government, had done a screenshot of people from the from the government all having a, a meeting together uh, over Zoom. It was Boris Johnson. It was our was it? It was our Prime Minister. Okay, and but he'd um, he'd also included the URL, which meant that anyone else could type that same URL in and join the meeting. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I didn't I didn't see that. Maybe that wasn't the Prime Minister. I know the Prime Minister was criticised for using Zoom. Oh right, okay. Because of its potential privacy links. Well, but um, I mean, if it's if it solves a problem, I don't know. Are you worried that it might possibly route through China? No, but then my meetings are incredibly not of a sensitive nature, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty boring stuff. And also, so we're we're looking at each other over Zoom right now. And uh, to to be honest, I'm just glad that someone might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, we'd know if we were here because it would go ding dong, wouldn't it? Oh, what? Is that a racist comment? What? What? What did you... When someone joins a Zoom meeting, it goes ding dong. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought... Yeah, okay. It's fine. <laughs> what do you think I said? It's fine. Ignore what I said. <laughs> Three, two, one. Bad usability Bad nightmare. Bad usability nightmares. That really doesn't work over like a, a lag, does it? It did for me. I was exactly in time with you. So... <laughs> Here's something. Now, this happened weeks ago, actually. And by the time I get around to editing this podcast, it will be well in the past. But there was a... Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Before you crack on too much, I'm going to have a refill. Well, don't you... What? Jesus. Right. Okay, fine. Get it over and done with. Right. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna savor the moment. How drunk are you getting? We've. You know. We've never been drunk on a podcast before. So. I, I don't know. Podcast might be absolute trash, or it might be the best we've ever done. Probably the first, not the second. <laughs> are you finished pouring yet? I want to get on with my story. I'm licking the drip. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I had a lovely chicken dinner today for tea. Jeez. Hannah cooked a chicken dinner. Right. This is what I was worried about. If you're going to start drinking, you're going to talk about really random things. Cheers. Okay. Right, good. Right, tell me about your chicken dinner later. I've got something to tell you about uh, the Google Nest camera failure. So, I've got a Google... Oh, okay, go on, go on. Yeah. Uh, so, I've got a Google Nest camera. 
Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a camera that sits in the house. It's like a CCTV camera. Now, very useful when I'm out. Last couple of weeks not been very useful at all because I've been because <laughs> I've been in and yeah. I had to turn it off because I didn't want to, I didn't want myself to be surveilled. I was just what, <laughs> it, it sends like an alert to my phone every time it sees a person. Is that is that the word? Surveilled. Sur- surveilled. On the camera, are you being are you being surveilled? Yeah, surveilled by myself and the Google employees that look at it. Possibly, I don't know. Okay. So usually, so re- I think that's a lovely word, though, isn't it? That's just a lovely word. Surveilled. Right. How many whiskeys you had? One. All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the reason why I bought it is to just check what the cat's up to, and it's kind of funny. You bought. Sorry, you bought. A camera, an expensive one, yeah, to check what the cat's up to. Yeah, I mean, also it possibly could be useful if we, we get burgled and somebody comes in and I can maybe send the footage to Crime Watch or whatever it is. That's just a, a you know, a, the secondary concern. That's just that's just oh, that, that's just a happy coincidence accident. Yeah, but I wanted to see what the cat's up to. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm pretty sure because I told you about the time that my parents came around dressed as Santa. Mm-hmm. That's true, but I don't think I fully realised that you bought it just for the cat right okay so we like to see what the cat's up to sometimes she goes sits on the fish tank Mm -hmm. sometimes she just like just wanders around going meow like like wondering where we are which is a bit sad really i mean for us both (laughs) but um what happens is they had an outage a couple of weeks ago well all of the google nest cameras had an outage this and that includes the indoor cameras and the outdoor cameras and what happened was that the there's a light on it there's a light that tells you the status It's, it's green for when it's recording it's off right when it's not recording but it's blue like a blinking blue uh when it's like in sort of setup mode you know what i mean when it's not quite set up yet so it's it's blinking blue to mean something's not quite right and that was happening while it was offline there was some bug i don't know what happened um but it was offline for quite a few hours and that also included the outdoor cameras which meant that everyone's outdoor surveillance cameras had this blue light to tell you as in advertise that it wasn't even working (laughs) so any burglars that are walking past could go oh look that security camera is not working right now because it's got the it's got the blue light on rather than the than the green one so it was a it was essentially saying this camera's not working do you think do you think any burglar would know though well i think a a part of a burglar's job is to be you know to research (laughs) research things like this you know all the surveillance techniques and and cameras and and security methods i think you're giving them more credit i think you're thinking they're all like you know mission impossible style right sorry well the thing is the only films that i've seen about burglars are like heist movies and they spend a lot of effort don't they oceans 11 yeah exactly that sort where yeah where they really plan in a lot of detail have you seen uh, the film, is it called Baby Driver? Oh, that's quite good, yeah. Good music, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Were you going to tell us something interesting about that, or was that, are you just checking I've seen it? I, I just think it's a good heist film. Right. Um, See, I'm, t- I'm sure the, the alcohol is making this podcast way better. I don't think, um, <laughs> I don't really want to say. What? That it's going downhill? <laughs> Anyway, the resolution to that story is that Google apologised and they, they, they refunded everyone a free month, which for me is £4. So I got £4. That's a bit crap, isn't it? Well, I, mate, I, I want more than that. But it's a free it's a free month. I don't know. I wasn't really affected by this. I wasn't annoyed by this because I've only got an indoor camera that looks at the cat. So for me, it's fine. And I don't think anyone was actually burgled because of this outage. <laughs> 
so before the lockdown started, yeah. uh, my dad asked me to order some paint on his behalf. Okay. A tin of paint for his house. And I went on eBay because that was the cheapest price. Ordered it from a shop. I can't remember what it was. It's not really important. I got a thing to say it had been shipped. And then this whole blooming virus thing kicked off. Oh, Rona. And I Rona had virus. to work from, yeah, I had to work for, uh, start working from home. And the office was closed and the, the parcel was being delivered to my office. So... Yeah. This is a problem. Yes. It can't be delivered to a closed a closed office. Yeah. So I had to try and get this redirected. So my first port of call was to go to the retailer. Right. eBay. Unfortunately, this, this eBay seller is now away, also because of the coronavirus. Away? Oh, unable right. to respond to qu- queries. Oh. So that was a no-go. So my only, my only hope was the courier Hermes. Okay. So with the tracking information, I could log into the Hermes website. Yeah. And one of the options was to divert the parcel. But if I clicked on di- to divert the parcel it would say say you sorry you can't divert the parcel i have no idea why there was no you could click on divert but then it would say sorry you can't divert this parcel so for whatever reason they wouldn't let me put in a different address so that's the first problem okay but but i'm stuck now right if i can't divert the parcel i can't get in touch with the people that sold it so the parcel is definitely going to the place that it definitely can't go it's going to a place that's closed. Yeah. And the shop that sold it me is now closed. Oh, it's in some sort of limbo. The only people that, so, so Hermes have got this parcel and yeah. I, I need to try and tell them somehow, please don't deliver it to the place it's closed. Can you send it somewhere else instead, please? Okay. Very kindly. So what happens next? Well, so, so like I said, I logged into their online thing and tried to divert it, but they wouldn't let me. So the next thing is I thought, well, I'll try and contact them. Now, I went to the contact page and again, understandably, they say, please don't call us because we are so swamped at the minute with coronavirus deliveries. Can you use our online help service instead? So I thought, great, I will do that. And they have a chat bot. A chat bot? Yes. Amazing. Okay. So I'm sure you've all used these before. It's like a robot. It's like a chat, like you're chatting between friends on a messaging app, but it's actually a robot that you're talking to. Okay. <laughs> now, the problem that I had with this is yeah. if you're talking to a chatbot, it's a computer, right? It should be able to respond instantly or thereabouts instantly, right? It's not. Right. There's no human there to think about what to put as a response. It's just a computer going, you know, process what they've said, right? Send them that response, right? There's no, there's no real delay required, is there? No. And yet the Hermes chatbot, I'm not joking, took about two minutes to respond to any message. It was bizarre. And you think this is faked? Do you think this is a fake res- fake delay? I don't know. At first I thought it was broken. So can I can I read you my can I read you my chat with the Hermes assistant? Oh, if you want to, yeah. Okay, so I said hello. Yeah. And it said, Hi, I'm Holly. I'll be your friendly digital assistant today. So what is your name? Can you please read out the, the robot in a robot voice? <laughs> so what is your name? <laughs> and I said Andrew. And so it said, Thanks, Andrew. Nice to meet you. So I can get you to one of our friendly advisors if needed. Can you tell me your email address? Okay, so I gave it my email address. Okay. And then nothing. Nothing. Time stood still. <laughs> right? And I'm thinking, maybe the computer it can't froze. just ask me my email. Maybe the server was an outage. It can't just ask me my email address. So I literally said, is that it? Nothing. <laughs> Silence. And then I said, and then I wrote it a message saying, can I divert a parcel? And again, just silence. Right. Okay. And then eventually it responded and it said, great. Do you have any of the following? A tracking number, a calling card number, or I don't have either. <laughs> okay. And so these are like buttons okay. in the, in the chat. And so I pressed, you know, I've got, a, I've got a tracking number. That's fine. And it did nothing. 
So I clicked again, tracking number, and it did nothing. And I clicked again, tracking number, and it did nothing. I thought it was broken, right? And then all of a sudden, it basically told me 25 times, go ahead and enter it, please, Andrew. 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 It was operating on like a satellite delay of like 10 minutes. It was ridiculous. It was bizarre. It was really weird. Like, I think if you are someone writing a chatbot, even if, and I don't see why it would, but even if it had some like long processing step, it should at least acknowledge the, the response and say, great, just a second. Do you know what I mean? It's easy for it to, to program a chatbot to do that. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't. It just, with every, with every single interaction that you made, it just sat there for what felt like an eternity. I can see why a small delay might be okay, because we're used to it. As a conversation, we're used to a little bit of a delay and then the response to come. I'm guessing it probably feels more natural. And I'd, I'd be interested to see some research around that, actually. I don't know of any, but... About actually introducing a delay. Like a few seconds, yes. But not like a minute or two minutes. I think that's incredibly unnatural. If it was to reply instantly, like if it was to reply nanoseconds after you press enter, that would be weird. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like that. I would feel like it's not, I don't know, not listened to me correctly. I probably will not even recognise that, that a response has been given. But that's too long. That is too long. Yeah. So and did you get the parcel? Was there an end to this rigmarole? So after going through this chatbot, for what felt like an eternity. Yeah. It then so it then told me it was going to escalate it to a human. Oh, at least the humans are still in charge. And then about two days later, they said, sent me a message saying, I think we've lost it, what was in the parcel, so we can try and find it. <laughs> and I said, I don't know what it looks like because I didn't send it, but it's some paint. And then about a day or two later after that, they said, we've lost it and there's no compensation because it's paint. There's no compensation because it's paint? Yeah. Okay. And apparently that's against their terms and conditions. They don't allow paint. All right. So I just contacted the shop, well, via eBay, and I got a refund. So, you know, I just didn't end up with the paint, but it didn't cost me anything. So that's fine. But it was just this terrible chatbot experience is is kind of the crux of the nightmare. Yeah. I can see why that's really frustrating. And just, I mean, I like using technology. And in fact, I think I'd probably rather send a a text message, you know, or an email or something like that than speak to someone face-to-face sometimes. Yeah. But also... So some other times you expect to be able to have a conversation with someone who can figure out what you need and help you get through the process and solve the problem for you. But a, a robot that's essentially just re- responding to criteria is it's not really the same. It didn't it? really do anything useful, did it? It took probably about 15 minutes for something that only really needed to take a minute, which was to go, what's your tracking number? That was basically all it did, really. It went, what's your tracking number? And then it went, basically told me some information that I could see already from the tracking page. That wasn't useful. And then it said, yeah, I'll divert you to a human but it took so long to do that short exchange yeah it was Hmm, it was ridiculous i mean i I think it just highlights the importance in a chatbot of timeliness of responses doesn't it yeah like we said a delicate balance you want a little pause to make it feel natural but really someone should expect instant or near instant feedback and if you can't give them that this comes back to the same reason actually that i um hate the self-service checkouts in supermarkets is lack of feedback you know give people some feedback if it's fine to take a minute to process something not a problem you don't have to always be instantaneous but gives them gives people feedback let them know you're working on it yeah i agree it doesn't bring up a spinner it doesn't say please wait it doesn't do anything it just you have no idea whether it's registered your touch or not because there's no tactile feedback either yeah on a touch screen you think oh i didn't touch it properly and you press it again and it still does nothing and you press it again it still does nothing and then all of a sudden those three presses do three things you didn't want it to do it was the same typing on a windows 95 computer <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you'd write something and the screen would catch up minutes later yeah yeah i've got a similar rigmarole 
to your uh, your delivery one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also had something that was to be delivered just before we went into lockdown. Ooh, and hold on just a second. Do we need to rebrand this as bad usability rigmaroles? Bad usability rigmaroles. <laughs> I feel like that could be. <laughs> also, if you're listening to this and you've had a similar rigmarole, please, like... uh, please, please email us at podcast at the <laughs> We want to, sh- we want to highlight the best rigmaroles. <laughs> Please, please email us. Please email us to rigmaroles at theunusable.com. Don't say that unless you're going to set that email address up. (laughs) I'll set it up now. Rigmaroles. I don't know how you spell rigmaroles. Rigmaroles at theunusable.com or tweet us using our Twitter handle and the hashtag, hashtag rigmarole. (laughs) Is it the hashtag, hashtag rigmarole, or is it just hashtag rigmarole? How many hashtags are in there? (laughs) I don't know. Right, can I tell you about my rigmarole now, please? I can't even say rigmarole anymore. <laughs> oh, I think we need to say rigmarole a few more times. Right, so something I told was... you alcohol was a good idea for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so something was to be ordered. The office closed down. It told me that it was going to arrive on the day after the office was closed down. I knew about it. I could see on the tracking app. It was on its way and it kept telling me it's these many stops away or whatever. But that's not that useful to me because it didn't give me any option to redirect it or to say, no, no, don't deliver it to this office which is closed right now deliver it to my house instead or somewhere else so I had to wait for it to get there and then I had to wait for them to send me a thing saying you weren't in so we've left you a card you know how they'd leave you a card sometimes yeah this wasn't Hermes this was um this was Royal Mail which is the same but more royal like it's I don't know it's delivered by the queen or something <laughs> not sure and so they sent me a link to a website about options of what to do next which I thought great I'll be able to get this redirected to my house maybe if I've spent some more money I don't mind that at least we'll get the parcel so they said we can't redirect it to your house but we can redirect it to one of these three post offices yeah they gave me the option these three post offices and neither of them were anywhere near my house so I just chose the one that was closest to like the easiest to get to but still quite far away to be honest so I thought right I'll go in the evening I'll drive there and I'll I'll pick it up what time is this post office open till? So I looked on the Royal Mail's website because I thought, this is a post office. I need to make sure that I'm finding the correct opening times because it actually looked like it was part of a shop. You know how sometimes there's a post yeah, office yeah. part yeah, of a shop? Yeah, that's quite common. It's like a, a little news agent type post office yeah. combo. And you know, if you want to find out the opening times of a of a shop, you can look on Google Maps, can't mm-hmm. you? And it tells you opening times usually. But I, I don't know. I didn't really trust that. Well, that might be the times for the shop. But maybe the post office opens for a shorter window than that. Well, exactly. That's why I wanted to make sure from the horse's mouth, from the Royal Mail themselves... Hang on. Am I thinking of Royal Mail or am I thinking of post office? Are they the same or are they different? I think there are some weird differences between them. Yeah, Yeah, I'm confused. Anyway, I don't know. But but they're obviously closely linked. But I think I was looking on the website for the correct one and it said that that shop was open until midnight. That the post office part was... I'm pretty sure that that is exactly what they said because I checked it and I thought, I don't want to make this journey if they're closed. Anyway, I get there. Blimey, closed, isn't it? So what am I going to do now? In full lockdown now. Can't go and can't even go now. So you've not got it? No, not got it. It's like 60 quid worth of stuff as well. You can still go. I thought you could still go to shops and things. You can still go to a post office. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. How do I even know when it's open? It's so so unclear. Mm, good question. I would I would bank on it being open in the day and go. But the, yeah. the, I suppose the problem is I would want I wouldn't want to have that contact with people. I wouldn't want to be putting myself in that situation. Well, I'll probably like disinfect it and. I know, but it's going to the post office, isn't it? That's the that's the highest risk factor in all of it is um is being in the same building as other people breathing virus 
spores. True, but you don't have to touch anyone or and you can pay by contactless and it had I'm pretty sure it had a, an automatic opening door so I didn't have to touch anything and I could wear gloves anyway and have a shower when I get home. Yeah, so I, 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 I do that with all the shopping when we get home from the thing. I uh, take it all out of the bags and wipe it all down. Wipe it all down, yeah. That is a rigmarole as well, isn't it? It is a rigmarole, yeah. Right. But I'd rather that than... Uh, Dying of a virus. Than be a, be a spreader. True. Can I tell you about our latest Twitter followers, Andrew? Oh, one of my favourite parts of the podcast. Is it really? Do you want to say hello to each one? Uh, yes, I need to think of a good a good greeting for them. Just say hello, to be honest. Don't do anything uh, weird or French or German or anything. Right. Uh, oh, but We've... that's the best thing. It's not, though. <laughs> I don't think anybody tweets us and says, oh, I really like it when you do the uh, the, the Twitter followers bit. And Andrew says, hello, in a funny accent. But <laughs> honestly, if you listen to this and that is your favourite part, <laughs> just just let us know. How, hashtag, hashtag Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag not a rigmarole. <laughs> right, I'm telling you our Twitter followers right now. So we've got Jeff Dayton. Greetings. Joel Weyazirma. Greetings. Emmett Norton. Greetings. April Taco Taco. Greetings. Don't know if that's her last actual last name, but I mean, I'm not going to judge. Jen Murphy. Taco. Wait. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> what are you talking about? You say taco. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that person's name. I was going to say Just taco. Just thinking about taco. tacos. Yeah. Right. Um... Where do we get to? <laughs> Anna Arsenault. <laughs> taco Taco. Are you still there? <laughs> It could be like a proper Spanish name. Don't mock it. Taco Taco? <laughs> Andy, concentrate. I knew this was a bad idea to drink whiskey. <coughs> Don't start coughing, coronavirus. <coughs> okay, go on. Daniel Ahmed. Greetings. Tony K. Canning. Greetings. Andy Pickup. Greetings. <laughs> Ashish, Andy, don't take a swig of whiskey just when I'm about to say, when I'm saying the name. Yeah. Right. Ashish Kumar. Greetings. Emil Begby. Greetings. The Tupac of UX. Greetings. Abby Fitzgerald. Greetings. Olga Oxla. Hang on. Olga Oskolkova. Greetings. Sean O'Neill. Greetings. Dana Byerly. Greetings. And KJ Bottomley. Greetings. All oh, right, good. Was one of them called Tupac? Yeah, one of them was called the Tupac of UX. That's his, that's, that's his name. I think they should get in a relationship with the Taco Taco person, and then when they marry, they can be called Tupac Taco Taco. Wait a minute. Since since I wrote that down, he's changed his name to JM the Creative. Oh. But he, he in his description, he still called himself the Tupac of UX. What does that mean? Now, I don't know what that means. What is the Tupac of something? The Tupac, I don't know. All I know about Tupac is that he died ahead of his time. He wrote a whole article on uh, Medium about it, but it, it's no longer a thing. All right, fine. Well, never mind. Oh, we've had a lot of people tweeting us as well. Okay. So Pete Clark sent us some tweets of a some photos of a sink in a public bathroom that he's been to. Now, I'm not quite sure where this was, but he, he sent a photo. Okay. Uh, maybe this doesn't work on the uh, on an audio podcast, to be honest, but I'll describe it as best as I can. Mm-hmm. He sent a photo of the, of the public bathroom and the sink. Okay. And it says, spot the hand dryer in this photo. And obviously there's no hand dryer to be seen, but there is one there. And what happened is that under the mirror that's just above the sink, there's a... If you put your hand underneath that mirror, warm air blows out. That's where the hand dryer is. But he didn't know that. And he says that someone had to show him 
How would you know that? Well, exactly. How would you know that? Someone else who was in there showed him, just told him it was there. Because he was like, probably with wet hands, walking around going, uh, don't know where it is. And then, yeah, there's a, there a man who showed him. So presumably he then had to stay and wait for someone else to come in and show them. And it'd just be like this like chain of information um, sharing. Well, then the, the next morning, the whole day could go past and nobody will dry their hands. Everyone will have wet, wet hands the next day. What if you're the last person in there that night? I don't know. I just thought that was just a bizarre thing. Or the first person the next morning. Uh, Justine Marie Benoit tweeted us a photo of a, a measuring cup where all of the measurements on the side were transparent, so you couldn't actually see. <laughs> like, if you filled it full of liquid or half full of liquid or whatever, you couldn't really see what the measurement was because it was transparent. Hold on a minute. How do How do you know it's even there? Because it's transparent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I haven't got the photo in front of me. Okay, so it was my brother's birthday recently. And because we're all staying at home right now, and it's difficult to send things through the post, mm-hmm. I wanted to get him something virtual. You know, like a gift card, gift voucher, something like that. But I wanted it to be a little bit more personal than a generic like Amazon voucher or something like that. And so I know that he likes reading comics. And he gets his comics from this um, service called Comixology. I don't think you would have heard of it, because I know you're not a... No. You're not a comics fan, but it's kind of, it's like a, it's like a Kindle. In fact, it's owned by Amazon, but it's, imagine it's like Kindle, but for comics. Okay. It's an online store, essentially. Yeah. And so I wanted a gift voucher. I couldn't find any on the, on the app itself. I looked through every option on the app. There's nothing about gift vouchers. So I had to Google. Um, and I found a page about gift vouchers for Comixology, but it went to a page on the American version of the site. So it went to the .com, not the .co.uk, as we would expect. I think Amazon is quite bad for this generally, by the way. I don't know if this is a, a hangover from Amazon themselves, Maybe. but I usually find myself, I quite often get lost on the American Amazon site when trying to yeah. do something. Well, this is a whole completely separate site. And I think it must have been one that, uh, like a company that Amazon bought at some point. Mm-hmm. So what happened is that I go to, I'm on this page and it has a pop-up that says you're on the American version of the site. Anything that you buy here won't be transferred across to your UK site. Uh, and then there's a link to go to the UK version of that page. I click it, but there's no UK version of the gift vouchers page but this is a legitimate company a legitimate store with a legitimate uk version but as far as i could see i went through all of the options and there was no way to get a gift voucher that wasn't american in american dollars i wanted it in british pounds and i found that really frustrating because like i'm here i'm like hello i've got some money to give you but they didn't seem willing to they didn't seem to have an option for me to receive it and i just found that very strange and i had to abandon the whole idea yeah they probably haven't thought about it have they so I sent them a passive aggressive tweet about it and they said, oh yeah, yeah, you can only do that on the US store right now. And I was kind of polite about it. I said, fine, but you know, I'm willing to give you some money here. <laughs> and they said, yeah, we'll pass it on to the higher ups or something. I don't know what, what they would do, but you know, I wanted to at least tell them they've missed out on some money and I had to, I'll give them a PlayStation voucher instead, which actually PlayStation thing was only a little bit better. The whole process seemed to be, um, you know how when you're buying something on Amazon or you're buying something on, a, on another site and it asks you at the end, is this a gift? And if you say this is a gift, yes, they'll have some more options for you. You know, like they'll wrap it or they'll, um, they'll send it without the price and it'll be a bit more of a nice experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah. I'm receiving it for myself, I don't mind that it's in cardboard. But if I'm sending it to someone else, I want it to be just a, a nicer a nicer experience when they open it. Um, and because it's a virtual thing, I expected there to be a, a similar system. I expected them to send him an email saying, hey, look, you've been given this voucher as a present. Here's the instructions. 
But there's none of that from the PlayStation Store. It was, they sent me an email saying you've purchased it and then it had the voucher code. And so I had to then make up my own thing to send him. So I sent, had to send him a, an email. It's surprising how much good, like, like how many big companies just have really terrible experiences for things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's not a huge deal. I, I obviously all I really needed to give him was the voucher code. I just thought that they could wrap it up a bit nicer, not physically wrap it up because I didn't want to send him physically anything through the post. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes you receive a an Amazon gift voucher which is in a nice box. Um, I mean, a pointlessly nice box because that's immediately going to go in the bin. And it's it's a waste. But it's at least feels like a present. It feels like something there and nice and tangible. Yeah, it feels like I definitely think these things should be digital because it's just wasteful, isn't it? Great physical vouchers for things that don't need to be physical yeah but yeah why not put some effort in you could jazz it up you could have a nice little picture yeah nice little e-card that's it if, they, if there was an option to send an e-card i mean i could have done that separately i suppose but i just <laughs> thought that would be part of the experience if if uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> what was that <laughs> it's like you were quite ill halfway through the sentence <laughs> If you'd like to get early access to our content and see some bonus material, (laughs) uh, we have set up a Patreon where you can donate us a little bit of money, which helps pay for equipment that we use for the podcast and things like that. Um, And in exchange, we we will reward you handsomely with uh, early access to videos and things like that. And some bloopers. Oh, bl- bloopers? Have we got bloopers? I usually get loads and loads of bloopers. It's mostly you just acting like an idiot, to be honest. Excellent. <laughs> well, if, if that sounds good to you, we've set up a Patreon. We've also set up an unusable podcast shop where you can get amazing branded merchandise. You can basically walk around uh, as an advert for us, which, you know, why wouldn't you want to do that? And that helps support us as well. So we're going to um, put the links to both of those on our website at podcast com, and uh, we very much appreciate uh, anything that you do for us. Can I get a t-shirt with my face on it so that I can walk around and my face is like on my chest but then it's also my face? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> or is it just a logo? It, well, right now it's just the logo but I think based upon what you've just said... Nobody I'm wants definitely that. going. Nobody. I'm definitely going to set up a sh- an item in our shop where you can buy a t-shirt with, uh, with David's face on. Nobody needs that in their lives. At all, it's fine. Um, if anyone buys the bum bag, by the way, and sends me a picture, then that, nobody that would just make is going to buy a bum bag that says "unusable podcast." For, for nobody's going to buy a bum bag anyway. Why? I should, why I should it... say for our American audience, this is a, a fanny pack. I think you call it a fanny pack. A fanny pack. Yeah, what we call a bum bag. But um, right, I, I really hope someone buys it. I'm so certain that nobody is going to buy it that I will give you a tenner if anyone buys it. You give me a tenner if anyone buys it. I'll give it. you a tenner. I think we should donate a tenner to the person that does buy it. Well, that makes no sense. That means we're just paying someone a pound to buy a bum bag because the bum bag's only nine pounds. It's still more money than anyone wants to spend on a bum bag. <laughs> True. Anyway, that is the end of this podcast. If you've seen or used something unusable recently, we would like to hear about it. You can email us at podcast at theunusable.com and we are on Twitter at Unusable Podcast. If you've enjoyed this, there's plenty more. The last episode we talked about Security is Pointless, where Andrew realised Nicolas Cage could steal his daughter from Playgroup. Do you remember that one, Andrew? Oh. <laughs> Okay. And on YouTube, we've got a video of Andrew talking about the advantages of British plug sockets. Good video. 
Music is by Gold5472. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get a notification about the next one. And that is it. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.